This is JC Talks, a leadership podcast, episode 37 with me, your host, JC Hurtado Prater. Today, we're talking about philosophical greatness. We're in this book by Peter Kostenbaum called The Leadership, not The Leadership, called Leadership, The Inner Side of Greatness, A Philosophy of Leaders. Last week, we talked about this idea of pragmatic greatness, which is effectiveness. This week, we're going to talk about philosophical greatness, which has to do with character. Character. He starts off by defining the problem and he says this that business is a permanent white water condition if you've ever gone white water rafting you understand what that means it's filled with chaos and then you've got the added complexity of human freedom and he says this you must therefore change work smarter not just harder work differently not just better work in breakthrough ways not just incrementally so that means, you know, a lot of times we think if I just make small steps, small steps, small steps. And yes, I think that's very important to go slow, to not constantly be moving fast, to not, you know, get ahead, of, you know, get out ahead of your skis. But at the same time, we've got to be make change. We have to be making changes in breakthrough ways. So it can't just be small, 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 small. There has to be breakthrough changes that happen. That's how your organization grows. That's how your people grow. So here's what he says, four different ways where he talks about this philosophical greatness, the character side of greatness. Number one, honor life by striving for depth and for perception. And, and then he has in parentheses, uh, self-transcendence. And by devoting yourself to what is worthy and noble, have standards for their own sake. There's so much to unpack there. Honor life. It's been given to you. I shared this in a recent podcast that uh, I teach at Point Loma Nazarene University in their Masters of Leadership program. And in a recent class, we were talking about this idea of purpose. And is there a larger purpose for your life? Is there something great out there for you? Is there something that you need to be doing? And we had a great, a great debate on that. And in my classes, the class I teach, I love to have debates and I love for people to disagree. And I think it's okay for people to disagree. I pushed back a little bit on this one. And I think the question had to do with this idea of purpose and focus. That's what we were talking about, this idea of focus and then purpose. And I pushed back a little bit because of this little saying right here, honoring life. There is so much that got you to where you are today. If you're listening to this podcast, there's so much that got you to where you are today. And the fact that you have a life, the fact that you can think in terms of listening to podcasts, more than likely, and I hope I'm not ignorant in saying this, but there are people around the world that are constantly, if you think about the hierarchy of needs, there are people that are constantly at the very bottom of that, and they're just looking for food and security, food security, foods every single day. That's all they can think about. The higher you go up this hierarchy of needs, 
you get to fulfillment and spirituality. There's actual words for it. And I'm not exactly sure what they are right now, but the higher you go in that, you're able to think in that way. When you're listening to podcasts about greatness, philosophical greatness, more than likely you're higher up that ladder. That very fact alone is a reason, in my opinion, to honor life. It's been given to you, the responsibilities. And one of the things I tell my students, if you walk away with a master's degree of any sort, there's a responsibility that you have. I believe a great deal in that saying, to whom much is given, much is required. And so the same goes for you. Whatever it is that you've been given, there's a responsibility in that for you. And you've got to figure out what that responsibility is. You have to look deep within yourself and say, with all of the skills and, and abilities and finances and opportunities that I've been given, how do I honor life? And he says this by striving for depth and for for perfection, which means self-transcendence. We've talked about this, this idea of personal mastery. I think that's what that is for perfection. No one will ever be fully perfect, but there should be a striving for it. Depth in life, not to just constantly be in the shallow waters, not to be a shallow person, to have no idea what's going on in the world around you, to have no idea about the greater arguments, the bigger arguments. So many people, they're like the ostrich. They, they put their head in the sand right? But the world's coming at them at hundred miles an hour and they just put their head in the sand. If it's, you know, if I just put my head in the sand, it's not really happening out there. And they become people that are very shallow. That should not be us on the journey for greatness. And I think the leadership is the journey for greatness, the journey towards greatness, which is the, 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 the journey towards perfection, which is personal mastery. And we've talked about that. There are steps to that. And, and you can go back to you know past podcasts and listen to that, what it means to be personally mastered. And then he says this, devote yourself to a worthy, uh, to something, a cause that is worthy and noble. And you know what that is. It can't just be about you. Uh, in recent days, I've been sitting down writing out my principles so that when I have hard choices to make, whether the smaller or their larger choices to make, that I can go back to these, this set of principles and say, okay, what do my principles tell me? To have this idea of first principles thinking. And one of the, uh, one of the, the principles that I've written down is, and I do hard things. So whenever I'm faced with a choice, I've got to look at what's best for the community, what's best for JC. Now, at times, again, we've got to take care of ourselves, and I'm all about that. That's what personal mastery is about. You've got to take care of yourself. You can't take care of yourself. You can't take care of other people. Worthy and noble, more than likely, mean that at some point you're going to have to put aside what's best for you and then look at what's best for the community, you'll know what that answer is. Have standards for their own sake. And I think that has to do with principles. What are your principles? Your principles lead all the way to your values. Your values are shown out through your actions. Okay. You can't, and and, and I had this all wrong. I was thinking for a while, I'm going to write out my principles. um, I'm going to write out my values and then I'm going to live by those. No, no, no. Your, your, your values are what other people can look to you and point and say, obviously, based on their actions, these are the values of XYZ, you know, person. I could spend a day with you. And from that day, I could figure out what you value most. And the same with me, you could spend a day with me. And after a day with me, you would be able to figure out what JC values most. Principles are those deep 
standards that are unchanging. They lead to that. Now, I'm going off of the saying, and I'm going to say this wrong, but it, I believe that Gandhi said this, watch your thoughts. Maybe it's watch your belief, watch your thoughts because watch your beliefs, they become your thoughts. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, become they become your actions. Watch your, ab- uh, watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your values. Your values become your destiny. I could have some of that wrong in there, but you get the idea. But it all starts off on the beliefs, which are based on principles. So have standards for standards sake, because I'm telling you right now, whatever your standards are, if you have none, it's, it's going to show out over here. You will make choices that are always what's just best for you. They're not going to be about the community. They're not going to be any, about anything because you have no set of principles, although way over here that are guiding your actions. So that's what this is saying have standards for their own sake, live according to a certain standard of principles uh, and, and, and standards. Number two, stand up to death and to evil. That's powerful. That's, in my opinion, that's this idea of justice. Stand up to death and to what, what's killing people. And that doesn't have to just be what's taking their lives, what's killing people emotionally, what's killing people financially, what's killing people mentally. Mental health is such a big thing today. We're seeing lives and lives being taken. And, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic where we saw even more so people who were affected by this, uh, you know, uh, mental health, what I would call another pandemic. It's kind of an underlying pandemic that's constantly happening. Right. So if you're going to stand up to that, then what does that mean? And I don't know. You've got to figure that out for yourself. But what it's saying is this idea of character, this idea of greatness means that you stand up to death. It it doesn't just mean your death. What's killing everything around you? What's killing the people? What's killing your community? What are those things? And your job is to stand up to that. And evil. I love this definition of evil. The righteous man. Oh, the righteous man, I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up, but it goes something like this. The right. Oh, okay. So here we go. The righteous man disadvantages himself for the sake of the community. The evil person, man or woman, and I should say the righteous man or woman disadvantages himself or herself for the sake of the community. The evil man or woman disadvantages the community for the sake of themselves. That's what it is. So you've got to stand up to that. And it's not just standing up to that out there. You've got to stand it up. You have to stand up to it within yourself. Because here's what I know and here's what I believe. We are all capable of evil. I'm, I'm getting ready to start teaching a class on ethics. And I had a great conversation the other day with the professor who wrote the course, who kind of leads the course. And we were talking about ethical behavior. And, and the reality is in business, and, and it's for a school of business, the marketplace is the ultimate winner and the marketplace is what sets the tone. And in the marketplace, there really is no good or evil. I mean, if that's the value and that's kind of what we value, at least on the world stage, is the marketplace. What wins in the marketplace? And this is where a lot of behaviors happen that you might look at and say, I don't know. Is that ethical or is it unethical? And you know, you're not quite sure. Because the highest goal out there is the marketplace, right? 
if that's the case, you will have people who are constantly lo- lo- looking out for themselves because in that world, there's not really any right or wrong. There are ethics, but those are always murky. There, you know, if you've ever taken an ethics course, you know that there's no right or wrong answer. That's just, that's just what ethics is, right? So I'm saying all that to say you have the ability to do unethical behaviors. I have the ability to do unethical behaviors. So standing up to death and evil doesn't just mean to out there. It means standing up for justice within yourself. I have a set of principles and I am going to do the right thing. That's that's very important. Number three, be humble, be open-minded, listen Understand the magnitude of self-deception and identify your resistances to authenticity. The magnitude of self-deception, that's beautiful. We are very good at deceiving ourselves. Very good. I'm great about it. I can point to everything good. I can rationalize. I can manipulate myself. I can rationalize why I make the choices I make. And a lot of times the foundation of all of that is this idea of self-deception. I'm not even seeing what's real. You're not seeing what's real in your own life. So that's, you know, what's the antidote to that? You've got to be humble. You've got to be open-minded. You have to listen. And I would say that means you've got to listen to other people. This is the path to greatness, philosophical greatness, which means greater character, listening to other people tell you things about and find the most critical person you can, because here's what I know. The most critical person, you know, is the most truthful person. They will tell you the truth. They will point out all the ways that that you're deceiving yourself. And then you've got to identify your own resistances to authenticity. Why can't you see the truth about yourself? And why can't you see the truth about others? There are some of us out there, we are consistently hiring the wrong people. We're, we're, you know, we're putting the wrong people on our team. I know this about myself. I am such a trusting person. I want to see the goodness in all of humanity. And I do see. I believe we're all capable of good. And I think we're all capable of evil. But I choose to see that people are capable of more good than evil. What that has done, though, is I have at times surrounded myself or brought people onto teams that I lead that have absolutely almost destroyed the team. So I've learned that I've got to get people around me that help me see what I don't see. But the question I need to be asking myself, the same for you, is what is your resistance to authenticity? What's your resistance to seeing both sides of the coin? to seeing somebody's strengths and somebody's weaknesses. Again, probably a lack of humility, a lack of open-mindedness, and a lack of listening. Anytime I've gotten myself into trouble, it's those three things. A lack of humility, a lack of open-mindedness, and a lack of listening. And part of listening is sometimes you have to be proactive and ask the question. You've got to ask, what am I not doing right? How am I being self-deceptive? What am I missing in my leadership? Number four, appreciate what we can call the mystery and miracle of being. That's just appreciating the life that you have. I would sum that up and say gratitude. Living a life of gratitude consistently. Personally, it's got to be about you. 
the gratitude, but also for the team, the organization that you get a chance to lead. It is so easy for leaders, at least the ones that I've met in my life, it's so easy for us to be negative, to see the negative in other people. That's easy to do. What's harder is to see the positive and to express gratitude for the positive. So we've got to appreciate that. There's the mystery of life, the mystery of the fact that you're just here, that you're alive, that you're conscious, that you're listening to this, that you get to get up and go from this and lead and empower and develop and all those exciting things. And so we've got to appreciate that. We've got to stand in a mindset of gratitude. Honor life. Have a sense of justice, a strong sense of justice. Stand up to death and evil. Be humble. Be open-minded. Listen. Figure out your self-deceptions and overcome those. Live with gratitude and appreciation for this amazing thing that we call life. In this, you may just achieve greatness. I'll see you in the next episode.